Welcome to the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. It's once again my pleasure to welcome my brother from Namibia, Aisha Luanda. Aisha is a seasoned governance practitioner. He has served on boards in the aviation insurance and with youth initiatives. He's also immediate part president of the Namibian Institute of Corporate Governance and former member of the advisory board of the Business Ethics Network in Africa. Aisha, welcome to the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. I look forward to our discussion. Uh, thank you, Sheila. Always a pleasure uh, having discussions with you. Uh, looking forward to the podcast. Sure. So tell me, what do we mean by ethics in the context of, say, public office bearers? Maybe let me start with uh, ethics. Um, ethics is uh, the principles which uh, assist in evaluating behavior as either right or wrong, good or bad, sensible or not sensible. Uh, alternatively, ethics are uniform guiding principles which determine what is right and acceptable in a society and allows for social order to be established. So within that context and from the perspective of the public sector, ethics should be seen as a cornerstone for accountability within that specific sector. Um, ethical conduct should be the standard by which um, the citizenry would measure the public servants in discharging their role of servant leadership um, in the sense that um, as public servants or the public sector in general, you there, every behest of uh, the citizenry or the publics, and hence every call for you to be accountable, to be honest, to be impartial in your dealings towards the publics. Yeah. Uh, I think that to me talks to ethics within the public sector. Sure. Uh, so the, the way you stated, it sounds to me like it's pretty much a function of a person's uh, personal values. So I have to ask, with this onerous expectation, what happens if people do not import those values in those functions? Uh, what then happens if we don't import those values, it uh, erodes the very, the very quality or the very intrinsic responsibilities that uh, the public sector needs to be guided by. Uh, we expecting the public servants to operate ethically if they are to derive value to the very people that they are expected to serve. And without observance of ethical standards, unfortunately, that diminishes the ultimate output or the quality of service that they are supposed to, to discharge. And uh, then you get exposed to shortcuts. If I come across a public servant that needs to be issued with a passport, my anticipation is um, to to ensure that um, there is uh, prompt and quality service. And from that perspective, my expectation would then be fairly done competitively uh, with utmost honesty. Uh, when ethics is missing, 
then value gets compromised in one way or another. So uh, we, we've looked at it from the public office perspective. What of the corporate environment? Is, is there a, a difference in the way that we view the subject? Obviously, the starting point should always be ethics is ethics. Um, honesty is honesty. Impartiality is impartiality. Um, bravery is bravery. So from that perspective, we need to operate from the premise that for us to be able to do good, we need to uphold ethical standards and values. However, a slight variation creeps in the sense that uh, who does the private sector account or corporate sector account to primarily? Um, it's obviously as a starting point, the, 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 the shareholder, um, we need to appreciate that we come from the school of thought of uh, shareholder primacy, which of late has been evolving to the the, the stakeholder capitalism uh, theory, which means the corporate sector is primarily accountable to the shareholder, whereas the public sector, on the other hand, the accountability is the public, as mentioned earlier. So while looking at that distinction, we need to fully appreciate the fact that uh, ethics is ethics. However, the private sector is more accountable primarily to its prime to private uh, to to its primary constituents, with, which is its stakeholder. And of late, um, the responsibility expanding to um, the primary stakeholders. And the key distinctions are essentially the following: with the private sector, the pressure of being transparent is not as high. Uh, standards of accountability are not quite as high. Whereas with the public, because you operate within the public domain, there is a need for slightly more transparency, higher standards of accountability because of the constituency that you serve. I think that draws the slight distinction, but uh, let me conclude that ethics is ethics. We just need to be mindful of the standards of accountability that need to be observed. So, so basically you are saying uh, the public sector and the private sector in ethical terms are held to the same standard, but the difference is who accounts to the public. And when dealing with the public, there's a greater expectation for the public sector to account to the public than they would be uh, of the private sector. Is that correct? Precisely, which is why... Um... When um, there is misuse of um, uh, government resources, for instance, the first thing that people mention and the citizenry is that you are abusing taxpayer resources. With a family business or a listed business, the standards are slightly less in the sense that there could always be an argument thrown in there that suggests that, uh, well, they've worked slightly harder for them to get where they are. However, accountability is accountability. So the starting point is similar in that we all expect it to be ethical. But as you discharge your functions, your roles and powers, then the standard gets higher with 
respect to the public because remember the public sector is funded by the public and the citizenry so i hope that clarifies the situation sure so let me uh ask you further does it matter which industry the private sector is operating in does it matter whether or not that industry has a direct bearing on the well-being of uh, the public? Does it matter for, for that matter whether they are dealing with assets and resources that belong to the public? Would that standard uh, not be expected to rise as high as or perhaps even higher than that of an ordinary public officer issuing a travel document? Uh, as indicated earlier, ethics is ethics and we need to be upheld by the highest ethical standards for. But obviously, as you move to different sectors, obviously ethics become varied. I'll give an example. Uh, in as much as you require transparency, um, a central intelligence agency needs to observe, needs to impose a few limitations on the way it discharges it, its transparency responsibilities. As I move into the extractive sector, there might be slight variations. So you'd always have those minor variations of how ethics is discharged. The ethical beliefs would be slightly relative per industry, per sector, and whether you're dealing with an SOE sector and whether you're dealing with a private sector. So obviously at the at the end of the day, we need to appreciate that your ethics is source of your competitive advantage in whatever you do. Where there are different dynamics, obviously, what is seen as completely unethical in a sense. By way of example, if I'm dealing with a family business, my succession plan in terms of the family business um, constitution does not quite have to be as competitive as it is in the public sector in the sense that in the public sector, I anticipate the basic um, uh, competitiveness and transparency because it's a public sector entity. But in a family business, the expectation is that the next person that takes over from the owner is a sibling and there's nothing unethical about that. It's just the different dynamics in the business as it is or where people have put together equity, the five partners that have put together equity. So the, the, the transparency requirements changes and remember transparency and accountability is a key um, ethical cornerstone. So from that perspective, there would be slight variations, but obviously justifiable within the context of what business you operate in. That, that, that makes sense. Now, 
you you have mentioned public interest. Um, I, I wanted us to try and see if there's a relationship between ethics and public voice. Uh, how do you see the two? How can we not only ensure ethical behavior, but also ensure that there is public voice and, and how would that help us in strengthening uh, governance in the corporate space or in the public space for that matter? When you have a concise your ability to speak out or use the public voice, obviously your the ethical shortcomings would manifest. I want to be able to bring out the public voice in order to make sure that we deal with uh, ethical transgressions. For instance, and maybe this is a classified public voice example that I'll be able to bring out, um, easier to use whistleblowing platforms to be able to ensure ethical property holders are aware that they are able to speak out on issues of ethical transgressions, then that strengthens the ethical ecosystem in any setup. So when people know that there's also somewhere where they can speak out as part of their public voice um, enablement, then ethics can only uh, grow in any particular environment. And when you conduct your ethical risk assessment or ethical uh, risk profiling one day, there is every chance that um, where public voice permeates, then ethics, uh, unethical behavior should be eroded because also those in charge will know that if I don't conduct myself ethically, then the public voice will catch up with what I'm doing unethically. Mm -hmm. so, so in effect, public voice in this case serves to be a reminder that not only are you under scrutiny, but that we will cast light on your unethical conduct and ensure that you are if you wish, uh, brought to account, or if you are a, an appointed official that you are held uh, responsible, and if you are an elected official also held responsible. Now, tell me, we've spoken somewhere between the, the individual person, but also the institution. Uh, how do we separate this? Can a person be unethical? As, as an individual, but still be compliant with ethics in their business environment? You know, how do we, if at all, separate the two? I'm going to tell you it's very difficult to separate the two. Um, they say we can only pretend so much. An organization or a business is uh, a whole that's made up of individuals. Our values from wherever we come from will get transferred to where we ultimately go. I mean, if I take a group of 10 people and we decide to set up an organization where we are in as either 10 managers or 10 shareholders, 
chances are that the ethical standards of that entity that we set up will somewhat reflect our ethical backgrounds. We can pretend so much, but at the end of the day, you get to a point where your unethical compass naturally comes out. So that is why in uh, reconstructing the ethical conduct of a whole, you need to be driven by personal ethics. What would then happen by way of example is you will have five people that believe in honesty. Collective honesty of five people is likely to collectively contribute to the, the, the total integrity standards of the business as, as a whole. So with that in mind, um, we need to appreciate that the two will overlap in many respects. And we should remember that it's our personal values and ethics that feed into organizational and business ethics. So the two are very much correlated because one feeds into the other. I understand. So uh, what you're saying is that you can't separate the ethics of an individual as a public officer or at a corporate uh, executive or as a leader, because it is the ethics of those in position of authority and who determine the direction of an organization, whether it is a political party, a corporation, a civil society organization, or a family for that matter. Those people mm. determine the ethical DNA of the establishment and that it is therefore impossible to separate uh, the person from the organization. And, and, and I think this is an important point because I think what it, what it does, it tells us that if we want ethics, at the core of what we do must be to be careful the people we select because once they are in office, then their ethical behavior or lack thereof is that correct? Uh, precisely, Shaila. Um, the thing is, there's something that I've, I've learned in governance, and they tell you, if you cannot govern a family, you'll not be able to govern uh, 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 an organization because it's those values that you bring through. For you to govern a family, you still need to uh, be guided by the key principles of safe fairness, accountability, responsibility, and transparency. So what then changes, because remember, what you take along from wherever you come from will come to, to bear when you're in an organizational setting. So I, 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 I completely subscribe to the fact that uh, when we appoint people, we look, we do due diligence on their personal characters because what they do in their personal characters will bear on what they do in organizational settings. Uh, and hence, ethics at personal level is likely to be transported to ethical conduct at business or organizational level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think uh, I agree with you fully, but I, I would take it uh, a little further and say that actually if we cannot govern ourselves 
personally, which is to say, lead ourselves based on certain concrete principles, values, and norms, then we can lead anybody. So, so my sense is that even before family, it starts with the self, the capacity to conduct oneself in a manner that is consistent with certain ethics, I think is the foundation for, for everything. I, I have to ask you, you know, do, do ethics help at all in making sure corporates are accountable to the public? Is there any correlation between this and companies being able to account to the publics for their conduct? Yeah, mo most precisely because um, accountability sits at the core of ethics. Because uh, let's look at it at a more practical level. Is um, when I need to account, what are some of the things that I account for? I need to account uh, on the way I use money as an organization. What incomes has come through? What has been my spend? And if I'm unethical, what are you likely to find? You're likely to find situations where we cut corners, we start withholding information that we don't want others to see. So from that perspective, um, account, uh, uh, accountability and ethics have a strong correlation in that um, you need to bring ethics in how you account for everything you do. Uh, like I just indicated, when one is unethical or an organization develops a, a culture of poor accountability, then chances are that they start cutting corners, revealing all information that they want to reveal. By way of example, an organization like um, Steinoff, what was it based on? accounting in a manner that reflected that all was above board when the organization was technically in the red. And this sits at the very core of revealing correct information, even where one does not have to, on the face of it, be able to discern. Um, if I report to a board and I choose to reveal what my board needs to have here as an executive, then ethics and accountability intersect there. And that shows that you are accounting, but in a very unethical manner. So for us to build value-adding organizations, to develop value-adding leaders, we need to be able to account in an ethical manner because uh, responsible accountability is supposed to be driven by ethics so that we account in a manner that a stakeholder looking at your document is able to tell what it is that you're bringing on the table and hence the emergence of uh, integrated reporting, for instance, which is underpinned by um divulging what can create value and also translate into value to the stakeholders that are reading your report.
Sure. So what is uh, the relationship, if at all, then be between ethics and prevalence of uh, rule of law? The relationship between these two is such that uh, maybe let me start off by reflecting on the relationship between law and ethics. The law is enforceable by sanctions. Uh, with um, ethics, on the other hand, people frown upon you when you don't um, conduct yourself ethically. So from that perspective, there are clear overlaps between what is legal and what is ethical. But they don't mean the same thing. Um, so what then that means is um, the law cannot make people ethical. The law cannot make people honest. The law cannot make people caring or faith. So from that perspective, law and ethics are, are, are highly related in the sense that in an organization where ethical standards are high, you're likely to find the respect for rule of law. However, there are serious differences. Uh, for instance, what happened during the apartheid era, apartheid was legal. There was observance of the rule of law by those who were driven in making sure that it was observed. But apartheid was unethical and immoral. However, talking from the more positivist uh, environment, you want the relationship between ethics and the law to be such that people observe ethical conduct in a manner that provide support to observance of the law. So yeah. I hope that is answered your question. No, it does, because what you're saying is that um, a law uh, can be enacted, but it can be based on unethical principles, yeah. such as uh, the uh, suppression of one race by another. That is unethical. Mm -hmm. But the law mm. itself is a process that goes through the assembly and has modalities for being enacted. And once enacted, it is a law. You can mm. question uh, the constitutionality of it uh, based on ethics and others. What you can't question is that it has in effect been acted and passed the test of processes for enacting a law, albeit outside the concept of uh, ethics. So um, I have to ask, in these circumstances, what then would come first? H how much is left to the personal judgment, given that the law uh, stipulates, but it can also stipulate uh, outside ethical context? What are we supposed to do when confronted with laws that are unethical? Uh, I think from the perspective of... Um... Um, laws that are uh, unethical, we need to try and strive towards getting our mix right. Uh, laws that are unethical are obviously not likely to stand the test of time in the long run. 
which is why when we enact laws, we need to take them through all sorts of uh, stakeholder engagement process. They need to talk to issues like poverty eradication. They need to talk to issues like economic emancipation, equality, and also answer to certain ethical standards. Um, you don't want to pass laws that will only promote um, a, a behavior that's not, um, uh, that, that doesn't uh, uh, enhance issues like integrity. So with that in mind, uh, we need to make sure that so far as practically possible, our laws respond to creating an ethical society. Uh, but we must also just be mindful of the fact that there would always be a difference between uh, what is um, legal and what is ethical because at the end of the day, uh, these are not quite the same thing. They would have uh, slight variations because um, one talks to shaping the behavior and the one other one talks to enforcement of uh, laws for a particular purpose. So the differences are there. The two needs to be complementary. The two strive towards achieving uh, specific outcomes. Uh, yeah, let me ask you one final question. Uh, as a former uh, non-executive director of uh, corporations, in your view, do corporate executives account collectively on ethical matters or do they account individually? Where should the public and other stakeholders uh, be engaging and what should be the entry point for assessing ethical conduct in the governance space? We need to look at it from this angle. Uh, as a director, for instance, or a corporate executive, you need to appreciate both collective and individual accountability. Um, obviously, if you're not individually accountable or if you individually unethical in your conduct, it's gonna catch up with you because um, for instance, at director level, remember you need to operate within the principle of uh, good faith, uh, care and skill in a manner that furthers the interests of the organization. Um, and with that in mind, what comes through at an individual level is always likely to feed into the culture that we adopt as a collective. So as I sit on the board, I need to appreciate that I have ethical accountability as an individual director. As I sit, on the C-suite, I need to appreciate that I have that individual accountability to act honestly and in good faith in the best interest of the organization. And what I do at that level should be geared towards feeding into the broader organizational, uh, the organizational interests so that we, we, we inculcate a positive ethical culture and once we do that, we create a certain level of ethical competency, which will ensure that as an organization, we create value for the stakeholders, uh, both shareholders and uh, 
communities and whoever else we we see ourselves serving. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Aisha, for joining the Sheila Palmer Extractive Podcast. I uh, have enjoyed our conversation and, and found them very insightful. Always a pleasure to be on your podcast, Sheila. Uh, and thank you once again for the opportunity and uh, hope for good listening by our, the listeners of our podcast.